Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as facts. Nothing that is said about any person, organization, gaming company, or sport topic in general should be taken as facts, as well as any talk about any political, religious, or medical topics. As for medical topics at all times, you should speak to a licensed medical professional before any opinion is considered. Everything that is said on this podcast is opinion-based only. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome to the Dr. VTech Show. This podcast is a long-form conversation hosted by Dr. VTAC with the top guests in the world of esports. All from owners, pros, semi-pros, former pros, and content creators of many games. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Dr. VTAC show. Today we have a special guest. Today's special guest is the coach from Team Oxygen. This guy is phenomenal, guys. I've been hearing all good things about him, and he is tough. How tough? I heard he's so tough he sleeps standing up. I'm telling you, this guy is tough. <laughs> he is good. He's one of the top coaches in the league, an N.A., and he coaches Fox. He coaches a lot of these great players that are out there right now. So let's give a big welcome to our good friend here, uh, Taylor. Hey, Co- what's up, man? How's it going, man? How's how's life treating you? Man, life is good. Life is good. Just kind of uh, kind of at a standstill right now. But honestly, I can't complain. Oh, good, man. So. So what you been up to lately? I mean, you've been kind of quiet, but a little bit uh stuff on Twitter. I mean, I try to check you up. Yeah, no, it's been um honestly like because of the off season, there's just nothing really to talk about. There's nothing really to to do. Um for sure this has been like the the biggest dry spell um for us at least uh, in a probably since ever. Um so yeah, man, nothing nothing much really going on in terms of rainbow. So just really just focusing on life stuff and, you know, shuffling the deck in the background and kind of getting prepared for the next season. Yeah, I uh, I know uh, uh, what's keeping Rainbow up and running right now is content creation and especially Jinxie. He's he's doing something that's keeping everybody entertained during his off season. Kind of happy for that. Yeah, no, he's something. He's something special. I, um, I don't think that guy gets enough credit. I mean, I he gets enough credit. I mean, he he already knows he's he's the goat. Um, in terms of eyeballs and views, and he doesn't need that kind of credit. But I, man, I I just wish he had more support from from us in terms of just being in our scene more, or just him knowing that the pros value um, his exposure because he's he's a key aspect to our our scene. Oh yeah, this most definitely. Now he's uh lately one v one a lot of pro players, and I think that's uh caused uh, a big boost, and, and a lot of it grabbed a lot of people's attention seeing him one v one at Shiko, Spoy, um, all these players. I think he needs a you know one v one dreams or or Foxy. Uh, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I, it's great because the one v ones is what we've been doing that for years. Um, same map, you know, with weird rules and it just shouldn't work. Like with a game like Rainbow Six Siege, one v one sounds kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. but he's kind of taken it mainstream. And it's uh, 
and I, the fact that people eat it up is great, but, um, Oh yeah. It, it it's become like really, it's fun to watch. Then he started <laughs> raging, kicking the cameras, doing crazy stuff, you know, and it makes it entertaining, you know, cause rainbow. Yes. There's one V one moments when you're versus a team, you know, like, let's say, you know, you're, you're about to clutch a match and, and you just, those moments, it gets really intense. hundred percent. And, and people, love to feel that that adrenaline rush you know like oh my god he's right there he's right there shoot him you know <laughs> so it, it just keeps everything like uh like intense like if you're watching some type of john wick movie or something you know just like on the edge of your seat and it's fun and it's fun and i he even put uh what chico versus bolo yeah, I mean, he's he's at this point just getting all the names and capitalizing yeah. on them and putting them in in one you know video. I, I mean, he's a genius. He's he, a yeah, genius. he is a genius. I mean, you saw that one v one, Chico versus Bolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was intense. No, and the marketing behind it, and oh um, god, his commentary. I mean, he's he he's hit a market, and it's it, it, it's part of it's a pillar now. It's a pillar of Rainbow and. It's crucial to our success, and you know I'd love to get him out to an event or something just because of, uh, I mean the pro scene loves him. Everyone loves him in the pro scene, so yeah. Uh, I wish he would come to like invite or something and just really experience the whole rainbow in a nutshell. Being with the fans, being with Ubisoft, the pro players. I mean it's it's a really good time. So I, I'm really thankful that he's in our scene, and I hope he, he continues to keep pushing rainbow for sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna do that. We just, we just, we, we got to see him play, uh, uh, an oxygen pro. Yeah. Can't new. wait to see that. New would be, new would be a good one. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. New, new would be a good one. He'd be a good one. That will be good. That would be a uh, intense, that would be really fun to watch. So, so Taylor, how, how was it that you started a little bit background about you? Um, how, how is it you started gaming? How is it? How did it start? Did you start it on console? Um, you started on PC? So, man, so my story is interesting because a lot of people don't really know my story. Um, there's a few that do, but I, you know, I started uh, competitive gaming back when I was 15, 14 uh, on the MLG circuit. Um, mm. So back when Vegas, uh, Gears of War, Halo, um, I'm trying to think what other games. And then there was a game called Shadowrun. Uh, and I played a game called Shadowrun on the Xbox 360. Yeah. And um, it was a kind of a sleeper game. But uh, because MLG picked it up, that kind of tells you how good the game was. All the owners of MLG absolutely loved the game. So they decided to give it, um, to put it on the circuit with the rest of the big names at the time. And because it was so good a lot of the Halo pros actually played Shadowrun as well. So Walshy, Ogre 2, um, I don't think Snipe Down, I think Elamite Warrior. If you're into the Halo scene, the origins of the Halo scene, mm -hmm. uh, those guys played the game. So I played it um, and I got second at that event. I actually ended up playing against Walshy and Ogre 2 in the finals and I ended up losing to them. And that was kind of how I started gaming. So I got into Shadowrun, went to a couple events there. And it kind of snowballed from there. So um, so I started when I was 14, 15, became pro in Shadowrun for a couple of years. And then I took a massive break, went to college, uh, focused on work. 
and I was always into gaming, but I wasn't doing it competitively. So that's kind of how it started. And then my last year of college, I'd say I was taking about 16, 18 hours of online and I was playing Rainbow Rainbow Six came out right then. And I was like, you know what? I got free time while I'm, you know, working at home. Let's load it up. So I started on Xbox. I was playing Rainbow Six Siege on Xbox. And uh, and then I became pro on Xbox. And I was like, I got my degree and realized, hey, man, this might be something. So I kind of stuck it out while I was working. Jeez. Kind of started from there. Yeah. So when when you became pro on on you became pro on Rainbow? Yeah, I became pro in Rainbow um, back in 2015. Wow, um, this on, is the on console. On console. On console. I, I think console had the first SI. Wasn't it console? Right, the first one. Yep, console had the first SI. Um, you know what's funny is they actually had a tournament before the game came out, um, which was in beta. They had a beta tournament, and hopes uh, my other the other coach that works with me. He actually went to that um, that event. He got invited to it because he was also a Rainbow Pro back in Vegas 2, Vegas 1 era. Mm-hmm. He got invited to that. He played in that tournament, and he won the whole tournament um, for the beta. And then for console, the console um, uh, season started up, and then I made the first land for the console season, for season one on, on console for Rainbow. I made that one. You know that in the trophy, it shows... Because on the uh, there's a trophy, and I, I don't know which part of the trophy where the stand is, where you put the hammer on the bottom, the base. The base of it? it has Yeah, the base of it has all the teams that won. And that first year, it has the console. Does it really? Yeah, so yeah, yeah the very first year, I made it to the finals, um, mm-hmm. and I lost to Laxing uh, in the finals oh, on console. Lax? Oh, yes. nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice guy, yeah. I, I knew Lax from the very beginning. I, I've no I actually know a lot of the players from the very beginning, well, but um Lax You know Snake Nade? Yeah, I know Snake Nade. Snake Nade. I'm I assume you, you knew uh the goat uh Kickstar. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. <clears throat> yeah. He's actually the one that got me into because I never I never liked uh a lot of people know that I I never was into Rainbow. I was I was a battle for uh, battlefield b- battlefield guy, yeah, yeah, and I was top thirty in a lot of things in that game and just cranking it up really good. And then I tried the beta and I played it. I said, "Ah, oh, this sucks." <laughs> you know, I was like, "What the yeah, heck?" Yeah, it was a completely bunch different game campers. too. What the yeah, heck? bunch of, bunch of different game on beta too. <laughs> yeah, it, and it was just so different, so different. And I didn't see the competitive side until I saw like this mini documentary of, of, of Kickstar. And I was like, who the heck is this guy? He just eliminated all these people like in seven seconds. What the heck? And I was like, okay, wait one second. This guy is like, like the best. What the heck? And then I got really into it and just started loving the game afterwards. Got so addicted to it. I stopped playing Battlefield and all my friends are into Battlefield. They all transitioned. They went all over. They went, you know, to uh, to Rainbow. So yeah, R- Rainbow is uh, has, has come a long ways. Um, unfortunate now, Rainbow is suffering a lot of things with the with the cheaters. I I kind of hope they uh, they fix this up pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, with 
games coming out now, you see a lot of ga- uh, the games um, centering the game around the anti-cheat, right? Like normally the anti-cheat gets built in around the game as it's being made. You know, that's kind of what Valorant did. That's why Valorant's so successful with the competitive side of things. And mm-hmm. Rainbow's so old. Like when you think of when Rainbow actually came out and the, and the um, you know, just everything that they used to make the game, it, you know, it's got to be so outdated. Um, but yeah. because the game is so complex, it's incredibly difficult to update the game uh, and keep it up to speed with today's time in terms of um, technology and where we're at now. So I know that if they tried to remake the game, I mean, they would have to completely build it from the ground up because I don't think they were expecting the game to be so successful. Well, actually, you know, I know they weren't. <clears throat> yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel they didn't expect it to be that successful. I mean, the way it came out, they, they must have been like, wow, what the heck? This game is getting the boom as it is um it was a it was a cash grab honestly that's that's that was the, what the intention was it was supposed to be a cash grab um because they were making another rainbow six game i forgot what the name uh, patriots maybe i it's been a, it's been a long time but mm-hmm. they ended up scrapping that game and, and switching it over to to siege and i just i don't think they were expecting the success that it was going to have with the lore and the characters and once the game really hooked and caught on and they realized that they had gold on their hands, they, it was too late and they had to work with the foundation that they already, you know, they had already built. So it's tough. It's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I kind of wish they, they do what Overwatch did. At least do that, you know, do an update, upgrade a lot, a lot of the things, um, put, put it in better servers, and do a 2.0. 100%. You know, and and obviously work with the anti-cheat because it's, it's ruining, ruining the game. Now I see <coughs> pro players <laughs> buying consoles to play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, know, it's like a trend right now. It's a good trend. So now... Xbox is happy. Sony is happy. They're like, yeah, go ahead, buy all the consoles you want, because it's the only it's the only way. A lot of these players are just having some fun. Now, in console cheaters are the ones that are using Zim. Uh, for those that don't know, it's mouse and keyboard on console. You're not supposed to do that, and there are some special devices that connect to them, so they could just uh, play against controller players. For especially those controller players that don't have the experience to to go against a mouse and keyboard player, you're going to lose all the time. Hundred percent, specifically so, on Rainbow. It's not the case on other games, but yeah, with Rainbow, it's 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 that way. Um, it is. It's tough. You gotta you gotta change your strategy. Once you know that person's on on mouse and keyboard, you're going to have to change your strategy and and do everything different. You can't just rush into places real quick because you're going to you're going to end up dying real fast. Their reaction time is going to be faster. The movements are faster left to right with a mouse versus your controller, you know, and it, it, it's, that's the only part that console uh, is dealing with. So these pro players, they don't mind it. They're like, okay, we rather deal with that versus dealing Someone with. Someone that's actually cheating. That's yeah. actually cheating and doing wall hacking and <laughs> 
lag switching or whatever, you know? So it's, it's just like, okay, that's less of the two evils. I'm going to just go with console. I see that a lot. No, just, I, I think they're, on, I think they're onto something. Plus Jinxie's on console. So the, the market on console is massive. Um, yeah. You know, which is why when they canceled the pro league for console back in the day, like it was a big deal because the, the market actually was a lot. There was a lot of console players. Um, mm-hmm. And we and the console players felt like Ubisoft didn't respect what the console players were bringing to the scene as well. And you know, as console players, we we would watch the pro league uh, PC players and, and realize that you know we can do what they're doing. We don't think th- they're doing things correctly, but the game just played different on console to PC. So um, you know, it's a massive it's a massive industry. Um, on console. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't continue to do. Or just probably like divide it, have console pro league scene, and then ha- and continue doing the PC. Well, they um, they did do that. They had it divided, and then what happened was is they had to make a choice. They're, they said we can uh, keep this separated and split the budget in half, 50-50, going to console, fifty going to PC, or we can cancel one of the leagues and go full one hundred pedal to the metal into one scene, and that's what they did. They cut xbox and they went full on to pc so that's it helped the scene in the way because it allowed the money to get the price pools to get bigger um i don't know if they expanded the amount of teams but it just allowed them to do a lot more because all of the budget was on one you know know, just on pc you think now and days how things is going with console how how like big streamers like jinxie and and others have brought the Rainbow Six Siege scene a lot more popular. You think that would have been convenient to bring it to bring it back now? Well, uh, well, if if they would have known that there were gonna, there was going to be a massive content creator as Jinxie that has brought the game back to such popularity, like I think it's like. Like if it's number one, I think, um, in the charts of, of, of viewerships and stuff, and a lot of these viewers and players, young players, newcomers, you know, they're buying consoles because of him. So I think to myself, if back in the day, if they would have kind of like known this was going to happen, would have they still kept it split or would they still just went full throttle on on PC? Uh, I'd say probably not. I mean, it's been what? It's eight years now. Mm-hmm. You know, eight years, mm-hmm. eight nine years since the game came out. Jinxie just started getting popular, maybe a year, two years ago. So, I'd say no because I think it would have failed by then. You know, but um, you know, now now that he's there and now that he's successful, you know, maybe there's a you know maybe there's a, a topic for discussion to bring it back, but. The way I've known Ubisoft and the people that I've always talked with at Ubisoft, like I, I, they never agreed with dividing the scene up. You know, when, once mm-hmm. you create two separate leagues, it divides console and PC against each other. And I, I think they just kind of wanted to nip that in the butt and just eliminate that and just make one league. And if you want to compete, you come to PC and, you know, console will still support, but it's just not going to be the same. You know, but who knows? I mean, who knows what, what they do now? Who, yeah, who knows what, the, what they'll do now because they... I mean, it would be it would be nice. I mean, heck, <laughs> that'd be that'd be very interesting 
to they'd see. They'd get eyeballs. They'd get eyeballs for sure. Yeah. And then all these players have to use controller. They can't be going on a mouse and keyboard because they can't be, you know, that's, that's a form of cheating. They can't be doing it. So a lot of these players have to like, because I know a lot of players that are really good that are using sim. And I tell them, listen, that's going to catch up to you one day in the future. You shouldn't do it. It's going to bite you in the butt. I mean, that is cheating. If I said, if you're into mousing, just get yourself a, go to Walmart, <laughs> go, go to, you know, Walmart, get yourself a cheap computer that can run. Trust me, trust me right now. The graphics card is a 3060 could run rainbow six each perfectly. He, anyhow, anyhow, all everybody, even if you have a 3090 or a 40 series, you know, you're going to put the graphics to the lowest possible to get the best frame rate. So doesn't matter. Just go ahead and get yourself a computer. Not don't do that. Yeah. That's what we did. That's what we had to do when, <laughs> when, when they canceled the league, we all had to buy PCs and honestly, best decision I ever made. So if you're on console considering about coming to PC, just make the switch. Honestly, yeah. That's why, that's why I tell a lot, of, a lot of these folks, just make the switch. I told, uh, I, there's a, a, I'm friends with, um, uh, with King Brad, and he's a content creator console. And then he was just like getting bored. And uh, I told him, listen, switch to PC, man. Switch to PC. You're going to get bored. And he's a controller player. He was playing all the time on controller and everything. And then he was just like, he didn't find the competitiveness in it. I said, once you go to PC, you're going to find the competitiveness. It's going to be very competitive for you. 100%. And he did it and he loves it. He loves it. Yeah, that's so, that's all my friends. Any any of my friends that have sw- you know swapped, they they love it. So how long it took you to get used to the mouse and keyboard? Um, well, let me think about this because I was on I was on console my whole life. Then I when I swapped, I mean, I was in either the next stage or the the second stage after we had already swapped. Most of the most of the Xbox pros were in the PC scene by then. So I'm trying to think how long the stages were, but I'd say like maybe three months, four months. We were like competing with the pros on the P- on PC. Wow. Like because it wasn't because it wasn't like just a, like a casual switch. Right. Like it's like if we all if we all buy PCs and this was most of the, the successful console pros. Like if we're gonna make the switch, we got to go pedal the metal. So we yeah. all bought PCs, and most of us were in the in the league by like oh. stage two, stage three. Some of them even stage one, like on the first switch over. Mm-hmm. Like I think La- I think Lax and Skies and all of them had qualified for um the the league that stage. So a lot of us was pretty quick. Wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. I I try to switch from obviously I play on PC now because I used to play on console, and then I try to to do the mouse and keyboard, and I can't, man. It's tough. <laughs> oh god, I it's probably because of my age as well, but. You know, I know I know some people in their forties that that play mouse and keyboard, and they're phenomenal. And and the doctor does respect he he does it, but and but I'm I I just 
haven't played it like that for many years. I've been playing on controller for so many years since yeah, the same, first same. Xbox came out. And then for me to to try to make the switch and, and try to learn it, I just find it like I need to spend amount of, a lot of hours to do this, to get used to it. My problem is not the mouse, it's actually the keyboard. All the buttons. The buttons. And, and try to make sure, you know, because you're basically multitasking a lot, you know, because you got to make sure you jump, you know, crouch, whatever you got to do is on the buttons. And I'm like, oh, I just I just can't. It, it would just frustrate me. Well, you're, you're also a little bit older like myself, too. So like you've been playing on that controller, that muscle memory on that controller yes. is ingrained in your brain and has been ingrained in your brain for so long that like tr- it's like trying to ride a bike you know, for the first yeah. time switching over to a keyboard, which that was my problem too. Like I had a very hard time learning the keyboard, learning the different buttons. You know, I would always, you know, press the wrong button. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you the reason why I, it worked for me though, the, why I was able to figure it out was because Rainbow's a slower game. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to, because I like it's, it's 50, 50, right? Like there's a little bit of mechanical skill, but a lot of it's knowledge and because it's it it's not just a little bit of a learning curve, it's a massive learning curve. Like because we already had that knowledge of the game, it really allowed me to fully just focus on the mechanics at that point because that was the only thing that all of us pros on console were lacking was the mechanical aspect of it. Because we we knew how to play the game, we understood how the pro players on PC thought. Now the game did play a little bit differently, but it also like we were able to start doing things we couldn't do before. So I think like that's why it worked is because all we had to focus on as pros was just the mechanical aspect. And once you got that down, you could, we could hang with the pros. And because it's a slower game, it really allowed me. And because I, I'm a slower player, I was always a slower player. I play the support roles. It mm-hmm. allowed me to really focus on just what buttons I was pressing and, and whatnot, because that was definitely the hardest for me, for sure, was, was, was getting that down. Wow. I, I mean, I, I feel you because for me, it's just like, uh, oh, gosh. Now, remember, I don't, my main game um, is Flight Simulator. That's. Yeah, that the, game's got a lot of buttons. Yeah. So, well, with Flight Simulator, you need, you know, your yoke, your throttle, all the goodies. And. uh let me see. I was going to show you. <clears throat> so this is for an Airbus. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, this is for an Airbus. And then I have the the throttle that goes forth and back. And I think if my kids hasn't even moved it, let me see where I can find it. I usually have it near me. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's the game that I say, if any game dies, that game, I will never, I will never quit it. Um, cause that's just one game that I would, uh, always play. And I've been playing it since Flight Simulator 98. Oh, that game won't die. I think I'm, there's, no. a mar- there's a market for that game and. Oh, it's. I'm sure it's, they use that shit for training too. Oh, so. it's it's phenomenal for training. It's really good. Um, 
usually a lot of flight schools uses uh, a different program, but a lot of these uh, students, they use this at home now. That's what they're using. So it, uh, it helps you learn certain things, whether um, flying in, you know, in the dark at night, doing, going by instrument only. So it, uh, it helps out a, a lot. So when you get into the real world and you're flying you know, a Cessna or a Boeing, it, it helps you out. I used to play a lot with this pilot. He was the actual pilot for, I think it was American Airlines or it was, uh, I forgot. He, he will, he'll change, you know, companies, but, um, I used to learn a lot from him and, and we'll play flight sim and, and, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're the pilot. I'm just going to be the co-pilot. <laughs> I'm just going to watch <laughs> So it, it was fun. We'll do island hops and we'll stop in small, you know, on a, on a with a small aircraft and just go island hop and he'll just teach me. It was so fun. Time flies so fast because on flight sim, it uses real time. You cannot go to Florida, for example, where I'm from, where I'm living now in Florida, to New York and like in one hour. Or 30 minutes in a game, and then you land. It's, no. like, it's like the full time. It's the real, real time. That's crazy. It's going to take you your hours. And then what they did now with the new with the new game, with the new uh, the, uh, uh, 2020, I, I think it's the Flight Sim 2020, they, what they did was that they implemented the flight traffic live flight track traffic into the game. Oh, that's cool. For as an example, if you were to travel, let's say for instance, you're going to, to Connecticut and you're going to take a flight wherever you're from, where you're at, you take a flight from, from that destination to Connecticut. I could see that flight number and I could see your flight. Yeah, that's that's actually that's actually wild. That's probably something they they haven't had in the game before either. Seems like a new. No, feature. they didn't have that before. This is a uh, new uh, with with the with the flight sim that that came out uh, before. You could have it, and what you had to do, that you had to um, buy special software and buy you know it, you had to spend money to implement that. So now as part of uh, as part of the game is already integrated. They already have it, the flight traffics and everything. So all the flight traffics in the United States and around the world, you can see their flights and everything. It's it's really wild because I'm like, oh wait, because my uh, mom came to visit me, and I said, don't worry, mom, I'm gonna see where you're, you're gonna be, the time you're gonna fly. I just need your flight number. So she gave me a flight number, and I saw her flight number, and she took off. And the time she landed, I already knew she landed. So I go, I know you just landed right now. How do you know? I was going to call you. I said, I just saw your plane land. That's what. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And what I did once before, and I did, my father, he came to visit me. And when he flew back home, he uh, I, I flew on right next to him on the flight simulator. And I saw his plane taken out and I flew right behind and I just flew with him. 
That's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. Not, maybe I'll give it a, a shot at one point. It's 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 more of a relaxing type of game. Um, it does have this stress, like everything has different type of stress to it. But with stressing, the, the you're gonna stress more landing than anything. Landing, I believe that, that makes weather, sense. and once you start landing and there's rough breeze and all this stuff, because it also does live weather, so it connects to the weather channel. So if it's raining where you're at in your city, your town is raining in the game. That's so cool. Yeah, they they Technology they made it wild now. Oh yeah, they they made it so so complex. So <laughs> so yeah, they 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 did that to be you know. To go uh, hardcore for for the hardcore flight sim, so yeah, that's what that's what I do. So on flight sim, you don't use the mouse too much. You use use you you use it to click on the buttons and and click on certain things that you need. And if you're gonna taxi, you know, that's basically it. And all the rest is with pedals and 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 the throttle and the yoke. So yeah, they uh, it, it's gotten to to become very very realistic and and it's wild so the mouse part i that's the only thing that i i use when i use the mouse i i, I use it for that game but um and some people don't like to call it game it's really crazy They're like oh don't call it it's not a game it's a simulation i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> okay no problem <laughs> they just get, get your terms right oh man they, they just uh, there's some hardcore fanatic you call it a game is like an insult it's not a game; it's a simulator. I'm like, okay, it's a simulator. <laughs> so, question: you you were so you played back in the days when Vegas you played a, you played Vegas, right? Tom Clancy yeah. Vegas. Yep. Yep. yep okay, yep. so you so you know Seth. Yeah, yeah. We've a lot of us have gone way back. Oh wow, Seth, good guy, good guy. Uh, Seth, crazy, but good guy. Yeah, yeah. We um we all kind of knew each other. Um growing up. I I wasn't a, as involved in the rainbow scene at the time, but a lot of the guys that I'm friends with now, the older guys, they all were all connected on Rainbow and Call of Duty and um bunch of really serious gamers. So, there's is a there's a giant web of connections with all the players. Yeah, I kind of noticed a lot of them they uh they all get connected. As the older they get, the more you know, unite. You know, they they become and and they hang out and just talk about the good old days and and gaming and what they did in the past. Um, I'm a, I I'm interested to hear a lot of stuff with Ogre. You, I know you you say you know Ogre. Yeah, Ogre played, too. Yeah. O- Ogre too, and Walshy and yeah, I played against them. Yep, that was those, fourteen. Those are the, the goats of Halo. Ogre is the goat. Yeah, that's why I'm not really mad about getting second versus them. Yeah, he for for those that are listening that don't know who Ogre is, uh, he's basically like the Shiko. <laughs> he's like, well, let's put it this way: he's like Fatality. <laughs> We're gonna put it like that. He's won so many tournaments. Him and his brother. Yeah. Um, I think they won like fifty. I mean, they're just they, like. I mean, they they were the they were why Halo was so successful. They were the goats of Halo. Yeah, they were the the, the they were so phenomenal. Nobody could have beat them. Nobody. They they tried and tried until finally, I don't know when was it. They finally somebody beat them, and 
and it was like the craziest thing. But it's it was like, just their team. Their team, Final Boss, is um, who they were known. That was the squad that no, that was the they were the goats of yeah. of Halo. So um, yeah, played against played against both of them in the finals. Wow, that's crazy. At yeah, the age of fourteen, there's an interview out there too with um. Have you ever heard of a caster called Puckett? Puckett. Mm. Sounds familiar. He did the COD familiar. League and he did the um maybe Overwatch. He may have done the Overwatch League. I mean, he's the, he's one of the GOAT casters. Like if you if you're into the origin of FPS and console, mm-hmm. you'll know who Puck you'll know who Puckett is. And um he casted our game. Casted our game. He interviewed me and there's an interview out there of me at the age of 14 getting interviewed by him and talking about Walsh and Ogre too, and them shitting on us. <laughs> Usually when you get beat by the, by, by the best, it's like, Oh, it's such an honor. Yeah. It felt great. In second, but it's such an honor. Man. Bro, I, was was 14, so... I was 14 and I'm playing against like the empire of, of yeah. Halo esports, And <laughs> I can't complain. Not many people get to say that. So now, Oxygen was with Halo. They're no longer in Halo no more. Um. Yes, I believe so. Were we in Halo? Yeah, I think we're in. Yeah, Halo. you were in Halo. I used yeah. to mod for, for one of the guys in 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 Halo. I forgot. I think he changed his gamer tag, and I even forgot. Haynes was Haynes. It was his gamer tag, Haynes. Yep, I know exactly who that is. You know Haynes? Okay, yes. yeah. So. He, he found out about me and he, he put me to mod for him and help him out, you know, watch him while he's, while he was streaming. But then I think oxygen left the scene and other, and other orgs as well. Cause halo is really struggling. And, um, especially with the infinite, the, the new one. So, but yeah, it, it was, it was kind of a bummer. Cause I, I, I really liked, uh, that organization. I mean, every, every, all these young guys that like optic, and and I'm, I'm not so crazy about optic. I always root for the underdog, but um, but yeah, Oxygen had a really good, a really good team in Halo. Yeah, I think we had a young squad. Uh, yeah, in Halo. Very young. The one of the things I just don't. I, I don't like about the Halo Pro scene, and I mentioned this before in my previous uh, episode with other people, that um, they they tend to recycle a lot of their players and they, and they let their players choose who they want in their team. So they'd be recruiting their own friends. Instead of recruiting somebody like, wait, that guy's going to be really good for your team. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work out perfectly. They, they, don't, they won't choose him, even though he could, he could be better. Yeah, that's the problem with just esports in general. Is it just doesn't operate the way a uh, you know sports franchise would operate. Exactly. But, but also, it's not built to operate that way. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, um, and it's definitely an interesting industry. But I, I don't think we have figured out the right uh, path in terms of having a successful formula to esports like we do with with you know sports. Do, do you believe that esports should have every org should have recruiters? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, is it's 50 50, like the players um, opinions on things actually weigh in a lot more uh, than like a sports team would, because 
it's just different. It just holds up differently. And a recruiter that is, I don't know, 45 years of age that isn't in the scene like the players are, like it just, mm-hmm. they don't, it doesn't have the same weight. I, mm-hmm. I just, you don't, they don't know as much as the players know, but there is a little bit of um, biasy with players and younger players being immature and not being old enough to make, you know, calculated business decisions, you know, kind of what you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they pick up their friends or whatever it might be. So that that's true too. So like I said, it's a double-edged sword. Like recruiters would be a good thing, but I don't think recruiters know as much as some of the players know, but I right. don't think sometimes players make the right decisions either. So yeah, it's, know. it has to be on a balance. And, and a lot of times if, I I I I believe that there should be recruiters, but I think before picking up whoever the recruiter says, management and and the players should. I think the managers and and the owner, of course, should know who who's what are the recommendations, what are the options, and then after that happens, um, have the players uh, play with the person, and then they make a probably the final decision because sometimes you could lose on a really good opportunity because you decided to pick a friend. And then when you come to see it, your friend is not doing so well because he's been begging you for years. Please promise me once you go pro league, you will pick me up. And then they're going to pass on a guy like, you know, for an example, like dreams or, or Bolo or uh, a Shaiko or a Palu, somebody like that, that are like super good because, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to hire my, you know, get my buddy because he's from, you know, I know him since high school. Oh, for sure. And then you're not choosing, you're not making a wise decision. And at the end of the day, you pick them, you recommend them. Uh, more likely you're going to get kicked afterwards, you know, because <laughs> everything's not working out right. Oh, what happened? Well, you're the one that chooses. It was you that recommended, you know? And then I I just think to be a recruiter, I think you have to analyze multiple players, see their weaknesses, see their pros and cons, and see how they how they perform. And, um, I mean, not always you're going to have a player in the team that's going to work phenomenal. I mean, I always say this as an example, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> he went to the <laughs> Chicago Bulls and Michael and Scotty was like, oh God, what do we do here? You, but, what the hell is going on? But I am sure if Phil Jackson would have said, okay, you choose who you want. They wasn't going to pick Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I wish and, I was, I wish I was a little bit more uh, knowledgeable in basketball. Well, Dennis, uh, Dennis is the number one guy in rebounds. He, I mean, this guy was like, he used to get 20, 20. No, I, I know who, I know who oh, okay. he is. I know who he is. I just don't know like the history. Basket- of it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he was, he was like a troublemaker, bad boy. I mean, he he's to, the one that went to North Korea, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's friends <laughs> he, with all the dictators and yeah, he, he just, he just went there to teach basketball and everybody uh, rejected the, the leader. <sighs> And then he was like, what the heck? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm going in. <laughs> and they were like, okay, fine. What the heck? He came back alive. So they were like perfectly fine with it. You know, so. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 crazy. 
So yeah, he 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 uh he changed. See, Phil kind of knew that that's what the team needed, and a lot of times these young players, they don't know that you know bad medicine will also do really good for your body. It's gonna taste bad, but it's gonna work. Somebody that's is gonna be very good in support, you know, needs a, a really good entry player. Um, and and sometimes managers uh, and a coach as yourself will see these things because you see everything as a whole. You see everything in a bigger and a wider uh, aspect. And then you could say, okay, wait one second. We're going to need a good entry player because I'm noticing that we're lacking here or something here is going on. So that's when you kick in. 100%. You know, and a, a lot of people don't know about it, but I I admire your work because it's got to be really tough. It's incredibly tough. It's incredibly tough. I I I mean, I was a manager not for an org, but I used to I was a manager for a store. A lot of these the employees did not know the amount of stress that a manager goes through, and and a coach. Uh, as yourself, I assume you gotta, you gotta. If the something happens, a team loses, you know they're gonna the the first phone call is it's gonna be t- to you. What happened? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. You're one hundred percent right. So how how does that go? <laughs> if you could elaborate a little bit about that. Um. So, I mean, if you look at my team, the history of the teams that I've coached for, um definitely have some of the strongest personalities and strongest brands um, out of a lot of the players and mm-hmm. um, dealing with, with the team that I've had to deal with is definitely different. Like every, every different style of player uh, and team dynamic operates differently. So the way you handle the situations is also different as well. So um, when you're talking about like the phone call, like, are you saying like, if, if things don't go well, what is like that phone call like with the manager? Yeah. Well, the owners or manager and or owner, owner. Yeah. yeah okay. So, owners. so, so pretty much how it works is mm-hmm. generally I will say, and I don't want to speak for every coach. This is me. I generally know if we're going to win or lose before the game starts um, with, depending on how the week or the month has gone, I can kind of tell like we're about to be successful we're not about to be successful. And the entire week or the month that's been leading up to that match, you're thinking, you're thinking why, you know, what is going on? What's the reasonings as to what we're struggling with? You know, if you address it to the players, are they able to understand it? Do they understand it? Do they recognize it? And are they grasping what you're saying? And are they trying to fix it? If those things are happening leading up, you know, to the month or to the week, so when the game happens and you lose, you know, you're pretty much already prepared as to why you, you've lost. Now, if if you lost because of a, you know, it came down to a 1v1, 30 seconds on the clock, you know, he lost his gunfight. That's a whole different ball game, right? Because mm-hmm. that's like 50-50 and it's, people are just going to lose those. Like you, you, sometimes you lose those and it is what it is. There's nothing really else much to say to management. It's like, look, it came down to a 1v1. He lost his shot. I mean, what is there to really talk about? You know, sometimes you it comes down to skill and they just, they lost, right? But if it's a glaring issue, like a big glaring issue, like you got smoked and your team looked like they didn't have a chance the whole time, 
you know, you pretty much already have what the problem is before that phone call happens. So when that phone call does happen, you know, you're prepared, right? And if you, you're not prepared, then honestly, you're probably not doing your job as a coach. Correct. Uh, because issues don't just pop up tomorrow, right? It's yeah. a, it's an issue that, that happens over time uh, or that grows and builds over time. And there's generally a reason as to what that problem is. And as the coach, it's identifying it as quickly as possible. And correcting it. And correcting it. And yep. correcting it. Wow. You know, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I, with Oxygen, I always knew Oxygen because of Halo. Now, the the first time that Oxygen caught my eye, you won't believe it, it was a moment that they did a really big upset. And I'm sure you may have went through a stage, okay, against this team, I kind of highly doubt it we're going to win. So, but then all of a sudden you guys win and it was a time it's, I think, I can't recall, I think three years ago, four, you guys went against BDS. Okay. Was it the, was it a major? I can't, I can't recall. I believe so. I I can't even If it was a major, it probably was the Charlotte major. And you guys beat them. Yeah. We beat them 2-0. Yes. I was like <laughs> that that's that um that like event that Joe was, Rogan was, was meme expression like oh <laughs> it was insane that 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 event was insane I I get chills thinking about it um yes that moment on stage when we won was just like um I can't describe it honestly how did I've, it feel leading up okay when you went I got to know because this that that till today I still remember that yeah. I don't remember a lot of majors. I don't remember a lot of things. And and mind you, and I have to admit, you know, Shaiko has been my favorite single player, you know, of all because I I saw what stuff that, you know, how he played, how 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 good and accurate his style is really unique. And I was like, this guy's amazing. But then when I saw Oxygen beat Shaiko and team, I was like, okay, wait one second. I'm yep. missing out. So how did it, how was it entering the stage, knowing you're going to compete with BDS? How, how do you feel? How, how was it you guys were nervous or you guys were like, okay, guys, it is what it is. Or how, um, how was it leading up to it? I mean, every, every match, there's a little bit of nerves, but it's really not a nerve. Like you think it, it's not like a nervous, like you're shaking kind of thing. It's just like, um, it's like an extreme dose of adrenaline pretty much going into the match. And mm-hmm. um, uh, with BDS, like Rainbow Six is all about matchups. And with BDS, and if you know the history of of Rec and, and OXG against BDS, we match up pretty well. So what I mean by that is there's generally a back and forth. Like there's they're not a team that normally just dominates us every single time we play them. Mm-hmm. It's just always like a back and forth with BDS. Um, and if we do lose to them, it's close. So with BDS specifically, when we're just talking about BDS, um, there's always like this could go either way. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's what you, you never go into a match thinking you're going to lose. You just understand Correct. how they play. You understand what you're trying to contain. You know, where, 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 where do they excel? Where, where do they do things very, very well, you know, in, in the server? And, and what can we do to contain it? Um, so 
you know, we know all that. We understand all that. And really it's just going in there, playing our game and hitting our shots. Um, they're a very slow team. They play very, very slow. So it's really about managing the clock and um, burning the clock, making sure that they don't have enough time to execute once it comes down to it. So um, we were really excited about it. I think we went to a map that we don't normally go to. We went to one of their best maps. And I think it came down to the final round. I think it was 7-7. Seven, seven. We went, ended up winning 8-7. So adrenaline was crazy. I can't express the feeling once we won, but we didn't just beat them. I, th- I think we 2 owed them. So wow, felt, felt real good. Oh, I bet. And I bet when uh, you guys went over to greet, because, you know, sportsmanship, you guys, you know, do the fist pump, uh, bump, and, and I bet that was kind of like, Hey guys, we're here. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, we had the crowd on our side for sure. Um, we're here. Dr- just the just the environment, the energy, just everything about it was just incredible. And um, yeah, man, I, I just really just we had disgusting play. We still have disgusting players. It's just everyone just went off that that game, and it was great. So. You know that it, it's true what you're saying because I see other teams going against BDS, and BDS just like destroys them. Like mm-hmm. like if I'm like, what the heck? And then when they go against Oxygen, it's always a battle. Yeah, it, It's yeah, like a close. rivalry type of thing, you know? And <coughs> I always relate, I, I, I relate the, the BDS and Oxygen. It's like the Dolphins when they play the Patriots. I don't care. The Patriots back in the day with Tom Brady, they were like so superior. And then during like the final parts of the season, they play against the Dolphins and they lose. I'm like, what the? Heck? Yeah, no. I mean, we played BDS at Gamers Eight, and they just absolutely just bodied us. Like it wasn't even close. It, we looked terrible, and um, yeah, you know, again, well, it's just always, a thing of matchups, and yeah. yeah, there's always that season that there's going to be a tournament that you guys always end up dominating, and you guys will always be doing really super good. And I think BDS knows, like, okay, guys, we're not playing against any other team we're playing against oxygen it's going to be a tough one it's going to yeah, be I'm sure tough they, i'm sure they think the way the way we think as in like you're yeah. going into the match you, you should win every single time and um, it's going to be yeah, tough that event we had them but you know they've gotten us before too they've had our number number before too so it's always a back and forth with those guys wow now, is there a team that you always had a struggle with that you had to like, okay, guys, we need to regroup timeout. We really need to regroup because these guys are always been on our tail and it's like always been way too tough. I mean, W7M is a big, is a big one. Um, you know, I don't know what it is, but we just, I remember it was, I think it was invite. It was last invite where they just absolutely just destroyed us map one. And then like, you know, I think that was that, that talk, that moment where it's like, dude, like what the, you know, what are we doing? You know, you know, we need to completely re, re you know, rethink what we're doing and, and switch some things up. And, you know, we came out and we seven owed them, uh, the next map on border, which was their best map at the time. So I would you say guys like seven owed them. Yeah. 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 Wow. On border. Yeah. It was on a big, their favorite map. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was a really big deal. Um, that's kind of where we got a lot of respect from people on border because uh, we were really good at border. People knew we were really good at border. Um, we hadn't lost border ever. And we were like, Hey, let's go. Let's, let's take W7M to it. And we seven owed them on that map. And I think people just absolutely just 
understood that we, you know, don't take us to border. And, <laughs> uh, and then, the, then the next map after that, it was just really close, but we ended up losing. So I'd say W7M. We just can't wow. seem to close it out uh, versus those guys ever. It's always so close and we just can't seem to close it. Have you guys, you guys faced G2 before, right? Um, yeah, they, they're the ones that eliminated us from, um, yeah, from SI. Oh, okay. They're a pretty tough team as well. Yeah, they're good. I like their play styles. Um, they have a good play style. I respect the play style that they have. They have some good players and yeah, those guys have our numbers too. Yeah, Doki's good. Doki, really Doki's good. pretty good. Yeah, he's 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 uh he's really good. But yeah, W7M, that that team is like they do they do something like I I look at their games to other plays is like man. What the heck they're doing? They play so so differently. Their teamwork. NA. Their yeah. teamwork is just the synergy and the teamwork and um just everything that they got going on over at that organization, like I have a lot of respect for. Honestly, they have a lot of respect for our player, like new, like they show new a lot of love, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I just I really respect those guys and, and what they stand for. And honestly, I'm rooting for them at SI. I hope they I hope they pull off the win. They they deserve it, man. They really do. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah this this year SI is going to be very interesting because. Well, BDS is not in it. Nope. Uh, first time. I think first, first time ever. First time ever. And that's that's like, what the heck? This is our first time ever not making it either. Yeah. Wildcard is not in it. And, uh, you know, and who else is not in it? I'm, I'm trying there, to there, remember. There's a, there's a lot of good teams. The Just the point system just was awful this year. And the structure yeah. is awful. And, you know, I'm, it. It doesn't make up for like the perform the lack of performance from some of the teams, you know, our team included. But I don't know, just a horrible structure this year, and no one to blame but ourselves. But it, it is sad to see. Do Do you agree with the point system? No, absolutely not. But yeah, because I I need a I don't know anything I don't know too much about the point system, and I'm looking okay, how many orgs are out there still for Rainbow, and do we still need a point system for this? Yeah, I mean the the point system's not necessarily the problem. It's more the allocation of um, spots at majors for different regions. So like other regions have a lot more spots, mm-hmm. um, and that's really it, right? Is a lot of these other regions are generating points a lot easier than it is for like NA and Europe and Brazil. Um, wow. Because of that, a lot of the NA teams and the Brazilian teams and the European teams are losing major spots. Which is sad to see because these orgs are paying a lot of money to be in these regions. Correct. Um, so yeah, is what it is. Yeah, I wish they do something about it because I, I I don't know. They will. They will. It's just gonna take it's time. It's gonna take some time. Yeah. Wow. So now off season, what do you, what do you do? What what do what what do, what's your hobby? What do you do on on off season? What's your um so. Right now we're in the rebuild stage, so we're making some roster changes and we're in the oh, okay. process of, of looking for some new players, uh, mm. which is public. I mean, everyone, if you're in the rainbow scene, everyone already knows, but yep. So we're, ju- we're just kind of um, moving some players around, trying some different players out, um, you know, just kind of getting prepared for the 
for the new for the new stage coming up. And because the off season is so long, you don't want to fall behind and not practice because, um, you know, fingers start to dry up, and you want to keep your players motivated. So yeah, we try to keep you know a steady, healthy balance between the two. Well, now not only. Your org, a lot of orgs are doing a couple things behind the scenes, you know, and that, that's that's normal, perfectly normal. Uh, a lot of a lot of these organizations and teams are just they're just making some arrangement, doing some things, and 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 they to take advantage during off season. That's when they they start, you know, doing things that they want to do or swapping or trading, and um, that's one thing. Do Certain orgs trade players. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do that, if, right? If the uh, if if it's a deal that's worth you know considering, yeah, players players would do it. I, it's happened a couple times. Yeah, I I don't see that a lot, but I I do I once in a like I don't see it that much. Like I ex- thought it would happen. Like you see, it, we nowadays they pick up players from. Um, like for an example, uh, Sonics just picked up um, Ambi. Yep. Yep. And you know Ambi, and so they picked him up. Now he's going to be able to compete in SI because he's going to be actually eighteen when it starts. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. Like to see that, you know. But a lot of times, I would I would assume that a lot of these orgs would want to trade, do trade deals. Yeah, I mean, generally with trades, like, you know, and I don't want to speak for other orgs, but generally they're one-sided because, you know, one player is better than the other. Um, it's very rare where it's an it's an equal 50-50 matchup, at least from my experience, you know. Yeah. It's all perspective, but at the end of the day, one player has to be better, and normally it's a one-sided trade. So unless it's like... Like I'm trying to think. Like, can you think of a, a a good trade that is equivalent to be a fair trade, right? Like, like who would you trade for Shiko? Oh God, I I would. That's a tough one. <laughs> I don't. Probably Palu, maybe. You know, but like, but some people would be uh, this, like, but so some people hard. would be like, are you yeah. sure about that? Yeah, you know, you, it's all, it's all perspective, you know? Yeah, so. it's all, I mean, I mean, that, that would, that would, yeah, that's true. So then that you get be. to like the mid-tier players where it's like, okay, give me a mid-tier player for another mid-tier player. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds, you know, yeah. and generally the opinions from the players are going to be pretty strong. As in like, if I told you this player for this player, if they're not the ones receiving like the Shaiko, like the Shaiko, for example, mm-hmm. like they're thinking, okay, this is a horrible trade. Why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. So, yeah. Why, why do it? That, that's yeah. not going to work out. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. So, so trades are, trades that are definitely very, very tough. Um, very tough. I normally with trades, if you do see a trade happen, you'll see like, okay, I'll get this player and $30,000. Mm, you see what I'm saying? So there's yeah. a little bit of colla- there's a little bit of collateral there's there. There's a little bit, yeah. Okay, that would make sense. That that perfectly makes sense. Now Taylor, uh, off the pro scenes. Now you as a person with your family, what what, what is it you're doing now nowadays on off season? What uh, you go fishing or what do you do? Um, let's see. So this is random, but I um, 
you know, I do a lot of production and film stuff. That was like my passion before I did, um, you know, gaming stuff. I and mean, it's still my passion. I'll edit and, you know, do that kind of stuff. But, um, I've been working with a, a author that's writing a book and I'm helping him kind of promote and work on his website. And, um, he's, a, he's about to publish a book that comes out in March. So I've been doing kind of a little side work, um, mm-hmm. trying to entertain myself. And then if I'm not, you know, doing side work, honestly, just hanging out with my friends, you know, obviously I love to go to the movies, but you know, I have, a, I have a little girl. So going to the movies is not as easy as it used to be. Um, <laughs> Patty, really Daddy, just spend the time with, <laughs> yeah, we just don't go to the, we don't go to the movies right now. I don't think she has the attention span to sit still. But oh, okay. how old is she? If you don't mind me asking, oh, uh, she's about to turn two. Oh gosh, yeah, no, she's yeah, no, yeah, she's gonna be more attracted to colors and things moving around and yep. probably watching Dora. <laughs> yeah, she's she's yeah. um she's a handful right now. So really, just like you know, spending. Quality time with my family is kind of really what's going on right now. And uh, I normally don't get this much free time. So I really just use this free time to see a lot of my family members and uh, mm-hmm. spend time with with my daughter and my wife and um, just really make it about them right now because it's not only like that when work starts to get yeah. crazy. Well, it's good to, good to know you're a family man. You got, you know, your wife and, and, and you know, kids and everything. And, and you just gotta, there, there are the, the most important thing ever, you know, is your family. And I tell, I tell a lot of these guys, you know, when you play, I know you're playing for your team, but also play for your family. Cause you, you're, you're making your money, but you're making to be a provider as well for your wife or, you know, a lot of them are young. They just have a girlfriend or, you know, they're saving them money for college but, you know, I so said, do it, do it for yourself, do it for your family, you know, just put in all the efforts, just think about them when you're out there. I agree. You know, it's going to help you out in the long run. Uh, don't, don't put in your mind, like I'm going to be playing and win these tournaments so I could get, you know, ego boosted and, and become number one player. I said, that's not, it's because sooner or later you're going to, it's going to crash. Do it for for, for your family for your love, for your mom, because if you make some money, you want to help her out or your father out, you know, so, stuff like that, you know, do it for your family. And I know it must be really hard for you once you start traveling and going some places, you know, and having your wife and your, and, and your daughter home, you know, it, it gets tough. It gets yeah, tough. It, it is very tough. I agree. I, uh, my daughter's birthday was during invite. Oh um, gosh which that was the invite we got third, which was, I thought was going to be it. You know, all the sacrifices we had made and uh, yeah, it was her first birthday and I was just, um, my, and my dad had just passed. Um, oh, I'm it, sorry it to hear a, that. Yeah. It was, a, it was a really tough year. He, he passed in January and then, and it was unexpected too. And then, um, and then my daughter's birthday and then invite. Um, so that invite meant a lot to me and we got third and I just, we were so close to bringing it all the way home. So, um, it is tough. It is tough when you're away from your family for sure. But you, you know what Taylor making third is phenomenal. And I'm going to tell you why making third is a phenomenal thing. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I wrote to you, I wrote to somebody, keep your head up because third place is a freaking good place to be in. The guy, the team that was in fourth, wished they had third place. 
So no matter what, you did get the bronze medal, but you got a medal. You see what I mean? Yeah. I'm coming from. Oh, 100 percent. So no matter what it is, third place, you did freaking good. Because the people that came in fifth, they want third place. If you ask ask them, you want to switch? They will switch in a heartbeat. They're like, I'll oh, rather yeah. take your third place and you come down here to be fifth place. And third is good because third lets you know my team got it to get to number one. That's all it is. Yeah, which is why like this last year has been um, disappointing because we went from that third place finish and just to not even making invite this year and you know, so it's it's really just been a massive rebuild phase to get back to that that um, that that spot again because it's just not who we are. So Let definitely me tell been a you, tough year. I it was you that I wrote to. I'm oh, did you message the, me? Yeah, I messaged you. If you look, go go to your uh, the Twitter DM and go. It was February 19th, <clears throat> and look what I wrote to you, so you could just understand. <laughs> yeah, I did, hang on, I'm, I'm scrolling. It's all the way on the top. <laughs> oh yeah, I do see it. That's see? wild. Yep. And what did I say? Every team that didn't make it wishes they got third place, placed third like you guys did, brother. If I was a pro, rather be play, I'd rather be placed in third than to be eighth. But I'll. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, take no, an I, eighth place. I, I, I appreciate you sending me that because. You know, when when you go through those events, I mean, your your inbox is just absolutely flood, and yeah, you know, I miss you miss so much. But you know, it's good yeah. to know that people are looking out there for you and you know thinking about you. Yeah, you you, you got you got uh, you know, I'm I'm I know I'm with uh, part of the uh, wild card, but even back then I wasn't, and I always want to support the NA team. Um, you know. A good fellow uh, American team. So I I saw that you guys came in third and I was like, you know what? I'm still proud of them. They did good. Third place is phenomenal. I'll take it. If it was the Olympics, you guys would have just stand up. You know, this is one thing I really wish if you, if there's somebody in, in UB could listen. Okay, fine. There's people that win first place. But give something to the people that went second and third. I don't care if it's just a, a, a give them a medal, give them something, because I think that yes, you may win first, but I think the second and third should deserve something. If they do it in in for like the 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 net. Uh, like these uh, Formula Ones, you know, the racing. Mm-hmm. You see them on the booth. The guys on first, there's a second, there's the third. They're all just putting out the champagne and having a good time. I think if they do that in, in the pro league scene for Rainbow, you got the first players, the second team that came in second, and the ones that came in third, they all get some type of medal something or one small trophy and the others, the, the medals to put uh, around their heads. I mean, that'll be, that'll be, that'll be good. I respect the sentiment. I do. But like, for me, it's like, it's first or bust to be honest, you know, like from a coaching, from a coaching standpoint. um, Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want anything else other than first. So, you know, I, I understand the sentiment and I respect it and I see where you're coming from. And I don't think it's a bad idea, but like in terms of like, 
competing. It's like first or like, you know, we're, you know, we're failures kind of thing. First. And see, yeah, that's, that's the part that, cause I know it hurts to lose. It, it, it hurts. Some pe- people just go, you know, they, they don't show it in front of the cameras, but I know some that they just want their private, they're by themselves. You know, it hurts them really bad. Um, cause losing for them, it, 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 it takes a toll. But my thing is that you guys, no matter what, first and second and third, you still get, you still get paid. There is part of a, there's a prize pool for you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, that's why I think that since you're going to get part of a, 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 a good chunk, so at least give them give something, something more, give something yeah, more, yeah. get a, a little medal that says third place and be recognized on top of the stage because I see that all the hard effort that you had to, you got to put in your team and the, all the sweat and all the, all the hours you guys put in practicing and, and, and going in scrims after scrims and to make it that far to get at least third place. I, but, and this is my opinion. I believe you guys should get recognized, be on stage while there's celebration. Yeah. There's a first, there's a second and the third place team also should be, uh, get a standing ovation because you guys played phenomenal. That's yeah, we, that's we busted, me. we but yeah, we busted our ass that of course that, that year. Should at least they put at least a bronze medal around you guys' neck, said third place, but guess what? You made it and you guys did phenomenal, you know. So that's 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 me. But I'm still I trying seen, to go for gold for sure. Yeah, of you course. Know. But you're gonna make I mean, you're closer to gold than all the yeah. other people, all the oh, other yeah. teams. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. You know, and 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 if you if you made it that far, you're gonna make it in first somehow. So one of these majors or one of these, you know, tournaments you guys are gonna be playing, you guys are gonna make it. You'll see. Yeah, um, I, need, I, I need I need that major bad. Yeah. I'm sure I'm I'm sure you uh have something in plan. I don't ask because that's that's private, but I know you have uh something in mind what you're going to do and plans to making it there. And I think, uh, you have your, your head on straight, you're a phenomenal coach. You know what you're doing. You've been in the league for so many years. So I, uh, I think we're fine. I think we're headed in the right direction. I think uh, I I am excited for the next year. I'm I'm excited to reset and start fresh because even, even though we struggled, it was so close. Like it wasn't like we, you know, absolutely just did terrible. It's just, yeah. You know, I mean, that's short. what I'm saying. You, you guys don't uh, perform bad. If like, if now, if I see like year after year, you guys are placing eighth, ninth place. I mean, on the bottom of the barrel, then I'll be like really concerned. I'll say, Taylor, what's, what's going on now? Your, your team constantly for the past, you know, few years, four years, you're always on the bottom of the barrel. You're not even making it, not even the top five. But you, you guys are making it really good. You guys are always on, always on top five. Yep. So you're you're doing something really good <clears throat> to be there. Yeah, we believe in our system. You know, it's just you know, tough year. It's a tough year, and um, you know we're gonna correct it, and we're we're gonna be better, and we'll we'll bounce back next year. So that's the mentality. Oh. Well, that's a good mentality. <laughs> that's gotta a good level, mentality. You gotta be level. You gotta be level-headed. Yeah. Well, 
Taylor, I know you're uh, you're a busy man, just like me. We're both family men, and we're we're married with kids, and and uh, I gotta get going here soon. But I, as I do for all my guests, um, I'm gonna give you like a minute of the platform, so you go ahead and tell everybody uh, where to find you, where to reach out, uh, how to uh, where to get their content, whatever. The platform is yours. Um, I guess just, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at Redeemer underscore. So it's R-E-D-E-M-E-R underscore on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And then follow OXG at OXG underscore esports. Uh, I don't stream, so no streaming to follow. But if you want to contact me or get a hold of me or check me out, follow me on Twitter or X and give me a follow. Thanks for listening. Well, there you go, folks. The man himself, the coach, the legend. Uh, follow him on Twitter. He's he's a phenomenal guy, a really nice guy. I know the owners uh, must be very proud of him because he always performed phenomenal with his org- organization and with uh, Rainbow as a coach. He's he's uh, he's super, and as you guys see, he's very humble, and uh, I highly respect him. He's 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 really 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 good. Okay. Well, Taylor, till next time, uh, this won't be the first nor the last. I'm sure I'm going to bring you back uh, sometime soon, and uh, let's see how it goes. Okay, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Okay, folks, thank you for listening. Till next time, God bless you. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Dr. VTAC Show, and don't forget to click follow.